Innalhamdalillah Nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'gfiruhu Wa na'udhu billahi min syururi anfusina min sayyati a'malina Man yahdillahu falamudillahu wa man yudlilu falahadiyalah Wa ashadu an la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah Wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluhu وصفيه وخليله وخيرته من خلقه وأمينه على وحيه أرسله ربه رحمة للعالمين وحجة على خلقه وعبادي أجمعين وأسأل الله أن يجعلنا من صالح أمته وأن يحشرنا يوم القيامة في ثمرتي ثم أما بعد أولا يا عباد الله أوسيكم ونفسي بتقوى الله First and foremost, O servants of Allah, I advise myself and yourself to observe the taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to be mindful of Allah azza wa jal, and to fear Him in open and in secret. For indeed, those who possess this quality, they are the successful ones. And indeed, this is the advice of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which He has given the first of mankind and the last. Where Allah Azza wa Jal said, وَلَقَدْ وَصَيْنَا الَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْكِتَابَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ وَإِيَّاكُمْ عَنِ اتَّقُوا اللَّهِ That Allah Azza wa Jal addressing His Prophet He says that indeed, we have given this wasiyah, this advice to you and those who came before you, that you have the taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As for proceeds, كَثِيرًا مَا نَقْرَأُ سُورَةَ لُقْمَانِ وَلَكِنْ مَا أَحْوَجَنَا إلى وقفة تأمل وتدبر ثم تطبيق العمل. We often read the surah of servants of Allah, the surah of Luqman. And how much in need are we of reflecting and contemplating the meanings contained in the surah, then to implement it in our lives. For indeed, this is the objective or one of the maqasir where Allah subhanahu wa taala. Revealed his book. And he says, أَفَلَا يَتَدَبَّرُونَ الْقُرْآنِ أَمْ عَلَىٰ قُلُوبٍ أَقْفَالُهَا Do they not contemplate the meanings of the Qur'an? Or has a seal been placed over their hearts? So one of the goals of the revelation of the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that we contemplate its meanings to understand the goal behind these verses and to implement it in our lives. Since the advice of Luqman shows us the ways to achieve sound tarbiyah. Today, in order to be a good parent, you need to go to a parenting coach. Today in life, you want to aspire to achieve your goals, you go to a life coach. But as Muslims, we have the ultimate guide with regards to all aspects of our life. Even with regards to nurturing and rearing kids, Allah Azza wa Jal gave us guidelines with regards to this. And Allah Azza wa Jal mentioned this to us in his book, in Surah Luqman, an entire chapter named after this righteous servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. An advice a father gives to his child so that he grows up to be righteous, benefiting himself firstly, then benefiting his family, and then ultimately benefiting his society. Man huwa Luqman? So who was Luqman? 
Ibn Kathir mentions, Rahimah ta'ala, that the righteous predecessors differed with regards to who Luqman was. Was he a prophet or was he a righteous servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And the most common opinion is that he was a righteous servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is not the goal and objective behind the story to know who Luqman was. But the goal is to take the lesson from the story. However, Allah Azza wa Jal described him with a characteristic which each and every single person in a position of nurturing and caring for children requires. And this is al-hikmah. It is wisdom. That when it comes to raising kids, you need wisdom. And hikmah, as the ulama mentioned, rizqun azimun yu'ti allahu man yasha min ibadihi. That wisdom, it is a provision. It is a form of rizq. And rizq does not only refer to our material things, like our food, like our clothing, like our homes, like our cars. But rizq is also our knowledge. Rizq is also our ibadah. Rizq is our taqwa and rizq is hikmah. And so we always implore Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for increase in our material positions. But how often do we complain to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and ask Him for increase in knowledge and wisdom? And this was that matter which Allah Azza wa Jal commanded His Prophet to seek increase for. Where Allah Azza wa Jal said, Wakur Rabbi Zidani Ilma. That say, O Muhammad Sallallahu increase me in knowledge. And as the scholars mentioned, this is a clear distinction for knowledge. Because the Prophet Sallallahu was not commanded by Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala to seek increase in any matter besides knowledge. So our knowledge of servants of Allah, it is also a form of rizq. And so the first reflection we have over the surah is where Allah Azza mentions, وَإِذْ قَالَ لُقْمَانُ لِإِبَنِهِ When Luqman addresses his son. And when Luqman addresses his son. And this shows us the relationship a father has with his son. And this shows us the importance of the role of the family unit. That unit that is being attacked today. The role of the father and the role of a mother. Especially the role of the father towards the responsibility of nurturing children. Because as men we think that that which is the responsibility for us is to provide for the child. To see to the material well-being of the child. We work hard to sustain ourselves and to sustain our children. To make sure that there's food on the table, to make sure that they are clothed, and to make sure that they have shelter. But part of nurturing is also to teach your children sound foundations. To give them sound Islamic foundations, which will be a guideline for them in their lives. 
And so this responsibility of nurturing children, even in the event of talaq, which is something natural, even in the event where husband and wife separate, this responsibility of tarbiyah, of nurturing, still rests upon the shoulders of the father. And it is not just nafaqah. Since nurturing means cultivating towards firm foundations and character, which the children learn from their fathers and mothers, or their murabbun. That the first source of knowledge for a child is their parents and their teachers. And this is considered to be their first madrasa, their first learning institution. And children are ultimately a reflection of their environment. Children are ultimately a reflection of their parents. If the parents are upon righteousness, naturally this righteousness will be seen in the children. And if the parents are upon ma'asiyah, disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this disobedience will be seen in the child. And we give examples of this. A child who is reared in a home where salah is established. Naturally, the child will also aspire toward establishing the prayer. <coughs> that when she sees the mother praying in the home, establishing salah, this child, he or she, will then also ready themselves for the prayer. And they will mimic the actions of the prayer, such as ruku and such as sujood. And they will even learn the recitation of the Fatiha from a very tender age. So how did this happen? Did this happen haphazardly? Was this a miracle? No, this was as a result of the environment. Likewise, we take another example. And that is of a child who is exposed to music. That when the child hears music, the child starts swaying their body. When the child hears music, the child mimics the lyrics. So why is this? It is the result of the home. So righteousness has an effect on the child just like being exposed to sin has an effect upon the child. And so we need to understand, our oh brothers in Islam, that we are responsible for preserving that innate nature of our children, which Allah Azzawajal has created each and every single child upon. And that is the fitrah. كُلُّ مَوْلُودٍ يُولَدُ عَلَى الْفِطْرَةِ فَأَبَوَاهُ يُهَوِّدَانِهِ أَوْ يُنَصِّرَانِهِ أَوْ يُمَجِّسَانِهِ That the Prophet said in the hadith report in Bukhari and Muslim that each and every single newborn is born upon the fitrah and then the parents either make them a Jew, a Christian or a fire worshipper. And the Prophet mentioned these three religions which was common in his time. But in today's time you'll find that a child will say that he is an atheist. As, long as, as young as 8 years old or 10 years old, they will say, I do not believe in a, a God. So is this something which the fitrah inclines towards? And the answer is no. So why does this child have this worldview that there is no God which exists? That is due to him being exposed in his environment to this. And so... Allah Azza created His servants, all of them, upon the sound fitrah. وَلَكِنْ يَأْتِي بَعْتُ شَيَاطِينُ وَالْجِنُ وَالْإِنسِ 
لِيُغَيِّرُ هَذِي الْفِطْرَةِ However, this fitrah, it is exposed to change. And this change comes from the shayateen firstly, but also the shayateen from amongst men. And this is the challenge of today. It is the intellectual battle. The ghazwa al-fikr. The battle for hearts and minds. Where the fitrah is being attacked. Where the natural innate disposition of a child is being attacked. And it takes many forms. Allah That we have created man in the best of moles. And this means upon the fitrah. And in the hadith of Iyad ibn Himar, عنه, that he said that the Prophet said that Allah Azza wa Jal said in the hadith al-Qudsi, خَلَقْتِ عِبَادِي كُلُّهُمْ أَوْ خَلَقْتُ عِبَادِي حُنَفَا كُلُّهُمْ إِنَّهُمْ أَتَتْهُمُ الشَّيَاطِينُ فَاجْتَالَتْهُمْ عَنْ دِينِهِمْ وَحَرَّمَتْ عَلَيْهِمْ مَا أَحْلَلْتُ لَهُمْ وَأَمَرَتْهُمْ أَنْ يُشْرِكُوا بِي مَا لَمْ أُنْزِلْ بِهِ سُلْطَانًا That the Prophet said that Allah Azza wa Jal said in the hadith of Qudsi that I've created all of my servants as monotheists. That Allah Azza wa Jal created all of his servants upon the fitrah to incline towards the recognition that Allah Azza wa Jal exists and that he should be singled out in worship and that he should be obeyed. But the devils came to them and deceived them from the religion. And how did they do this? That I have, or rather that they have declared haram, that which I had made halal. And they have commanded them to ascribe part with me, for which I have not revealed any authority. And so this is the battle for hearts and minds. That today people are declaring things permissible which Allah Azza wa Jal has prohibited explicitly in his book. Transgenderism, homosexuality, lesbianism, changing your gender. This is all an attack on the fitrah. They have declared haram that which I have made permissible for them. And just like they have declared permissible that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made haram. Therefore, the responsibility rests upon the parents to preserve the kids upon the natural disposition which Allah Azza wa Jal created them upon. And to protect this fitrah from being corrupted, damaged, and tainted. Allah Azza wa Jal says in Surah Al-Tahreem, verse 6, and this is addressed to each and every single believer, male and female, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا قُوْ أَنفُسَكُمْ وَأَهْلِيكُمْ نَارًا وَقُودُهَا النَّاسُ وَالْحِجَارًا Oh, you who believe, save yourselves and your family from the hellfire. Its fuel is man and stones. About this verse, Ali ibn Abi Talib, he said, عَلِّمُوهُمْ وَأَدِّبُوهُمْ Teach them. And cultivate them upon sound manners. Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma said, I'malu bi ta'atillah. First save yourself by acting in line with the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wattaku ma'asiya Allah. And abstain from the disobedience of Allah. 
And command your family to be mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this will save you from the fire. And so it is upon the fathers to feel the importance of this responsibility of nurturing their children. And then in dealing unjustly with them is abandoning this amana which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us. And falling short in regards to this responsibility is us falling short with regards to the amana, the trust which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us. In the, in the commonly quoted hadith of Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhuma annahu sami'a rasulullah sallallahu yaqul kullukum ra'in wa kullukum mas'ulun an ra'iyatihi fal imamu ra'in wa huwa mas'ulun an ra'iyatihi wal rajulu fi ahli ra'in wa huwa mas'ulun an ra'iyatihi wal mar'atu fi bayti zawjiha ra'iyatun that the Prophet said, each and every single one of you is a shepherd and each and every single one of you is responsible for their flock. And the Prophet gives an example of this and he says, فَالْإِمَامُ The ruler, the leader, he is responsible for the society that he rules over. وَالرَّجُلُ فِي أَهْلِ رَائِنْ وَهُوَ مَسْؤُولٌ عَنْ And the man is responsible for his household and he will be questioned in regards to them. وَالْمَرْأَةُ فِي بَيْتِ زَوْجِهَا Likewise, the lady, with regards to her husband's home, she is a ra'iya, she is a shepherd, and she will be questioned about her flock. And so we need to sense this responsibility, and we need to man up and take responsibility for nurturing our kids upon sound foundations, upon the Book of Allah, and the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Akulu hadha al-kawl wa astaghfiru lali wa lakum min kulli dham Fastaghfiru innahu wa lagafuru rahim Alhamdulillahi wahdah Wa salatu ala man la nabiyya ba'dah Wa ba'd Qala al-nabiyyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Ittaqillah haythu ma kunt وأتبي سيئة الحسنة تمحها وخالك الناس بخلق حسنين إباد الله The second reflection we have over Surah Al-Luqman is the manner in how he addresses his child إذ قال لقمان لإبنه وهو يعذه When Luqman said to his son and he admonished his son And this is the second benefit that Allah Azza wa Jal termed it an admonishment. An admonishment means to remind with words which cause the heart to become gentle and gives ease to the person. Not to prove the person wrong and to establish the proof upon the person, but rather to give a firm admonishment with gentleness because this is closer to being accepted. And here we need to pay heed and that is that nurturing children is not defaming them. Nurturing children is not mocking them and nurturing children is not giving lack of hope to them. So, we did not put the foundations in place. As the Prophet said, command your kids with salah at the age of seven and beat them at the age of ten. 
Now they are mukallaf. And now you want to establish his command upon them. And you say, go pray. If you don't pray, you're going to burn. This is not the admonishment of the prophets. Rather, the methodology of the prophets is to give sound tarbiyah. To nurture the kids upon these foundations so that naturally when they reach the age of being pubescent, they incline towards these acts of worship naturally. So we need to educate, we need to inspire, and we need to uplift. And that started from the very, very tender age when they were minors. And this is the guidelines of the Prophet Command your kids with salah at the age of seven and beat them at the age of ten. And likewise with regards to all of the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when it comes to hijab and fasting, the time where the Prophet commanded us to establish this is at the age of seven. And thereafter you take repercussions for them not inclining towards the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he says, Ya Bunayya. He says, O oh my beloved son, a word which breaks down all barriers and shows the deep connection between the father and the son. That this shows that the father, he has concern for the well-being of his child. And he has concern for the welfare of this child, not just in the dunya, but more so in the akhirah. And this is the prophetic methodology. As we see in the story of Nabi Ibrahim, alayhi salatu wassalam, when Allah Azza wa Jal showed him a dream, and we know that the dream of the Anbiya, or the dreams of the Anbiya, it is haq. Allah Azza wa Jal showed him a vision, and in this vision, he was going to slaughter his son. Allah said about this, فَلَمَّا بَلَغَ مَعَهُ السَّعْيَةِ قَالَ يَا بُنَيَّ إِنِّي أَرَى فِي الْمَنَامِ أَنِّي أَذْبَحُكَ فَانْدُرْ مَاذَا تَرَى He said that, O oh my son, in my vision, in my dream, I saw myself slaughtering you. He then said, فَانْدُرْ مَاذَا تَرَى But look how he addressed his son. يَا بُنَيَّ O oh my beloved son, what is your opinion concerning this? What was the response of Ismail? He said, Ya Abati Falma Tukmar. He said, Oh my beloved father, do as you have been commanded. He Nabi Ibrahim tell him, I'm a Nabi of Allah. This is what I saw. Come here, let me slaughter you. He told his son, Oh my beloved son, in my dream I saw myself slaughtering you. So what is your opinion concerning this matter? Immediately he submitted to the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And just like Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam. When he saw his son was drowning, he said, Ya Bunayyarkab ma'ana wa la takun ma'al kafirin. Oh, my beloved son, board the ship with us and do not be amongst the disbelieving people. And this was the methodology of the Prophet Sallallahu himself. As Anas ibn Malik radiallahu reported, that Sahabi who was extremely close to the Prophet Sallallahu that Sahabi who knew the intimate details of the Messenger of Allah Why? Because he was reared in the house of Nubuwa. And he said on many occasions that the Prophet addressed him in the following way, Ya Bunaya, O my beloved son. Showing Anas ibn Malik that the Prophet had concern and care for him. And just like Anas ibn Malik reported, 
that the Prophet never ever blamed me on any occasion. He never ever told me, why didn't you do it like this? Or why didn't you do it like that? Rather, the Prophet was the best of teachers and the best of nurturers. And he would show Anas the correct way in a beautiful manner. So this is the first part of our talk dedicated to Luqman والسلام, and the admonishment which he gives his son. Next week, Allah, we will look at lessons that we can derive from this great story. And this shows us the tremendous nature of the Book of Allah and the meanings which it contains. وَهَذَا وَصَلُّوا رَحِمَكُمُ اللَّهِ عَلَى خَيْرِ الْبَرِيَّةِ وَأَزْكَى الْبَشَرِيَّةِ صَاحِبُ الْحَوْدِ وَالشَّفَاءَةِ فَقَدْ أَمَرَكُمُ الله